0: Welcome to my story corner. I certainly hope you have your imagination sharp and ready to go, because once again, we're going to be traveling into the fairy green with the fantasy, wonderful fairy stories of Rose Philemon, the British author who was best known for her children's fairy tales and especially her fairy poetry which we're going to be reading from today the reading that i'll be sharing with you today is from the project gutenberg ebook of the fairy green by rose philemon if you listened to my last episode of my story time then you know all of the Stories that we read about the fairies were all pretty much taking place in nature and in the woods and places that we generally expect to see fairies. But the first of the poems that we're going to be reading today is going to let us know that there are fairies in other places as well. Smith Square, Westminster is the name of the first poem today. In Smith Square, Westminster... The houses stand so prim, With slender railings at their feet And windows straight and slim, And all day long they stately stare With gentle, placid gaze, And dream of joyous happenings In splendid bygone days. In Smith Square, Westminster, You must not make a noise, No shrill-voiced vendors harbor there, No shouting errand boys. But very busy gentlemen step swiftly out and in, with little leather cases and umbrellas neatly thin. Yet sometimes when the summer night her starry curtains spread and all the busy gentlemen are sleeping in their beds, you hear a gentle humming, like the humming of a hive, and Smith Square Westminster begins to come alive, for all the houses start to sing honey sweet and low the tender little lovely songs of long and long ago and all the fairies round about come hastening up in crowds until the quiet air is filled with rainbow colored clouds on roof and rail and chimney pot they delicately perch they hang like jeweled fringes on the ledges of the church they dance about the roadway, about nimble, noiseless feet, while the houses keep on chanting with a soft, enticing beat. And still they weave their sparkling webs, and still they leap and whirl until the far horizon's edge is faintly rimmed with pearl. And the morning breeze blows out the stars discreetly, one by one. And the is on the abbey signal down, The sun, the sun! And long before the butlers stumble drowsily downstairs, And long before their masters have begun to say their prayers, The fairies all have pranced away upon the morning beams. And Smith Square, Westminster is wrapped once more in dreams. Next, we're going to a very different place with our fairies. We're going to read about the enchanted princess. She wanders in the forest with wide and solemn eyes, a little shade of wilderment across her forehead lies. No timid woodland creature, her footfall need a fright, The shadow of her floating hair is not more soft and light. She hears the gentle cadence of bird and wind and stream. They make a little song for her, like singing in a dream. Across the distant valley, the pleasant sunbeams fall. The children in the cowslip field merrily laugh and call. She does not hear their laughter. She does not feel the sun. She cannot leave the shadowed wood until the spell is done. The next selection is about the goblin to the fairy queen. Now, those of you who are familiar with fantasy fairy stories, then you know that goblins are usually, as a matter of fact, are always seen as some grotesque, kind of horrible kind of creature. Not very nice at all. We don't think of goblins speaking to fairy queens, but let's see what this poem is all about. See what's happening here in The Goblin to the Fairy Queen. What do you lack, queen? Queen, what is precious and fine and fair? A jeweled snood that shall lie between the delicate waves of your hair? I will ride through the sky on the evening wind with a golden needle and thread and string up the tiniest stars I find to glitter about your head. What can I do, queen, queen, to hasten the hours along when you grow weary of woodland green, weary of woodland song? A cage of gossamer gold I will tie onto a sky lark's wing, and there you shall hang in the midst of the sky and tremble to hear him sing. Grant me a boon, queen, queen, this is the boon that I ask. Let me do service, mighty or mean. Give me a task, a task. Are there no jackanapes, giants to slay? Are there no dragons to fight? Nothing shall daunt me by dark or by day. Make me your goblin, knight. Maybe we'll find the answer in the next poem as to whether this is a good goblin as opposed to an evil one. The Fairy Queen to the Goblin Last night I heard a singing A singing in my dreams, it wandered through my land of sleep like little silver streams, like little purling silver streams that gently laugh and coo, goblin with the shining eyes. Goblin, was it you? Softer than the tender croon of my happy doves, sweeter than my nightingales pouring forth their loves, "'clearer than my valiant lark triumphant in the blue. "'Goblin with the whimsic smile. "'Goblin, was that you?' "'All night long the singer stayed "'close beside my bower, "'weaving his enchanted songs "'till that magic hour "'when the early morning light creeps across the dew. "'Goblin with the steadfast heart Goblin? Was it you? Well, as it should be with poetry and with fantasy stories, it's going to be left up to imagination. What do you think? Is he a kindly goblin? Is the fairy queen interested in the goblin? Well, we're not going to find out in the next poem, because the next poem is about fairies in autumn. You perch upon the leaves where the trees are very high, and you all shout together as the wind goes by. And merry mad wind sets the leaves all float, and off you go as sailing in an airy wee boat. You fly to the edges of a grim gray cloud, and you all start a dancing and a singing very loud. The cloud melts away in a shower of peevish rain, and you slide down from heaven on a slim silver chain. So it sounds like fairies' moods change along with the seasons, doesn't it? Well, in the next poem, we're going to find that the trees and the fairies have a very special connection, that there are very special things that the trees do for the fairies. So let's listen and see what it is. Trees and Fairies. The larch tree gives them needles to stitch their gossamer things. Carefully, cunningly, toils the oak to shape the cups of the little fairy folk. The sycamore gives them wings. The lordly fir tree rocks them high on his swinging sails the hawthorn fashions their tiny spears the whispering alder charms their ears with soft mysterious tales the chestnut gives them candles to make their ballroom fine and the elderbush and the hazel tree assist their delicate revelry with nuts and fragrant wine Fairies in the Malverns, which is an area in England. As I walked over Hollybush Hill, the sun was low and the winds were still, and never a whispering branch I heard, nor even the tiniest call of a bird. And when I came to the topmost height, oh, but I saw such a wonderful sight. All about the hill crest there, the fairies danced in the golden air. Danced and frolicked with silver sound, in and out in a magical round. Wide and wider the circle grew, then suddenly melted into the blue. As I walked down into Eastnor Vale, the stars already were twinkling pale. And over the spaces of dew-white grass, I saw a marvelous pageant pass, tiny riders on tiny steeds, decked with blossoms and armed with reeds, with gossamer banners floating far, and a radiant queen in an ivory car. The beeches spread their petticoats wide and curtsied low upon either side. The rabbits scurried across the glade to peep at the glittering cavalcade. Far and farther I saw them go and vanish into the woods below. Then over the shadowy woodland ways I wandered home in a sweet amaze. But Malvern people need fear no ill, since fairies bide in their country still. In the next poem we find that apparently sometime the fairies send messengers. They sent a stout little red-breast bird. He sang from the garden wall. Surely, oh, surely, the children heard. But never they came to his call. They sent a capering, glad young breeze. He shouted, he rattled about. But the children sat with their books on their knees and gave no heed to his shout. They sent a bee in a velvet coat, busily, busily gay. He hummed his tale, on a spirited note, but the children chased him away. They sent a brave little fairy sprite. She peeped round the window frame. The children looked and their eyes grew bright, and they came. Well, sometimes we miss so much that's going on around us, but it's so nice when we finally catch those magic moments that are there for us to see and enjoy. Traveling now to another British place, Dunsley Glen there's no road to dunsley glen i should not know the way again because the fairies took me there down by a little rocky stair a little stair all twist and turns half hidden by the spreading ferns high overhead the trees were green with little bits of blue between so high they could see i'm sure beyond the wood beyond the moor the water many miles away mistily shining in the bay deep in the glen a streamlet cool ran down into a magic pool with mossy caverns all about where fairies fluttered in and out their sparkling wings and golden hair made dancing twinklings here and there i stood and watched them at their play until I dared no longer stay. I knew that I might seek and seek on every day of every week, ere I should find the place again. There is no road to Dunsley Glen. This has been Aunt Blanche reading in her story corner, and I hope you've enjoyed imagining what I've been reading as much as I do. It's so much fun to pretend. I hope I never outgrow it. I hope you'll want to join me once again as I share stories with you in my story corner.